All right, y'all, absolute banger of an episode coming today. I hopped on Locked on Rangers with our friend Bryce Patrick to talk about the Rangers picking third in Sunday's MLB draft. Uh, big three there, Jackson Holiday, Drew Jones, and Elijah Green. Who's likely to fall to three? What are the pros and cons of each guy? And if they wanted to go outside of those big three, for somebody like a Tamar Johnson, what are they in for? And then just for fun at the end, we had to discuss trading for Joey Gallo, trying to get him back from the Yankees. What would that take? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers and locked onto MLB prospects. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast. Joining me today is Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB prospects. Lindsey, how are you doing today? I am doing well. I am also uh, almost to the point of exhaustion because the MLB draft is on Sunday, and I have been just insanely busy getting the big board ready, getting ready for our big live show on Sunday night, and, and uh, really excited for this time of year, busiest time of the year for us, and I love it. Yeah, it is going to be great. I have. Barely at all touched on the draft because I keep forgetting about it. Last year, when the Rangers were so terrible, I'm like, yes, yes, we got this number two overall pick. They're going to suck. We're going to get some stud. It's going to be so helpful. This year, when the Rangers have not been absolutely bottoming out, I kind of forget they have a number three overall pick. Also, while they had a higher pick in a year where they had fewer losses, even though it was a uh, you know a season where they felt like they are competitive for half of it. With that weird 60-game season. But, you know, they lose 102 games. First time they've lost 102 games since being in texas like until like the second year in texas but anyway before we get into all that this episode is brought to you by blue nile make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and locked on rangers listeners get purchased 50 off purchases of 500 or more this podcast exclusive includes engagement use code locked on at checkout i should specify they also all, all locked on listeners can get it you, if you listen to locked on movie prospect you can get that code yeah. as well but we're talking about this draft this is a very Loaded at the top with high school talent. There's a lot of position players. The Raiders aren't going to mess around, hopefully, unless something crazy <laughs> happens. They're not going to draft a pitcher, which, as much as I love Jack Leiter, um, I was a little annoyed at the time the Rangers draft him because there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. But tell me about the top of this class. The Rangers are picking third. It seems like there's a consensus big three. Is that, is that kind of what you're feeling as well? That, that is the case, yes. And so if it doesn't go well, your front office has a built-in excuse. Well, we took the, the third guy of the three. We didn't have a choice. But yeah, so it's outfielder Drew Jones, son of Andrew Jones. Uh, shortstop Jackson Holiday, son of Matt Holiday. That's a theme in this draft. A lot of, uh, of kids of MLB players. And then outfielder Elijah Green. All three of these guys are considered to be the consensus uh, top tier of talent. There is a top seven. If you expand out a little bit, you, you add in second baseman Tamar Johnson. He's a second baseman, but he's considered to have the best prep hit tool of not only this draft, but possibly in the last decade. Uh, shortstop Brooks Lee out of Cal, Cal Poly, Kevin Parada, the catcher out of Georgia Tech, and then third baseman Cam Collier, who is listed as a junior college player, but he reclassified. He's only 17, and yet he's been, he's been a year in college already and a year in the Cape. And so rather impressive. And he's in that top seven group as well. But no, you're probably going to end up with the leftover guy of the three between Jones, Holiday, and Green. And either way, I don't necessarily know if you can go wrong with any one of those three guys. 
Yeah, and Elijah Green, he's, his dad may not have been a professional baseball player, but he was, uh, I believe, a Pro Bowl uh, tight end for That's the right. Pittsburgh Steelers. Eric Green, yeah. So yeah, a lot of lot of sons. I mean, the Rangers literally just did that. Son of, uh, you know, I don't know if you heard this guy, Jack Leiter. His dad Al. I don't know if you know this, but his dad Al pitched in the big leagues for a long time. People oh, wow. don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that they just never talk about. It's like in that Super Bowl, they never mentioned that Jerome Bettis was from Detroit. They just didn't oh, talk gosh. about it in that yeah, Super Bowl. I mean, in Texas, the the running joke is if you watch college football, is that uh, Colt McCoy and Jack and. Uh, Jackson Shipley or, or roommates or whatever. That's the <laughs> that was the thing they mentioned literally every single time. But let's let's get into this big three. Who do yeah. you think is the best out of this big three? And who do you think the Orioles were picking number one think is the best of this big three? So there's a little bit of a difference between who I think is the best and who I necessarily think they're gonna pick. And part of that is because the Orioles for so long have done that thing where they they have gotten a a college player at a discount with that first pick and saved money to go out and get two or three prep talents later. And the number one player consensus to everybody you talk to is Drew Jones, the outfielder from Wesleyan, Georgia. And, you know, son of Andrew Jones. Uh, and he looks a lot like his dad. I mean, he, he he's taller, he's leaner than his dad was, but he has those same, uh, those smooth, long strides through the outfield. Uh, best defensive outfielder in the high school group, might be the best defender in the entire draft, despite only being 18. Very fast, very accurate arm. Uh, you know, like plus-plus runner, I think, and something where plenty of size, where he's going to be able to, to build plenty of power. I want the Orioles to take him at one. I know he's going to have a large bonus demand. He's committed to go to Vanderbilt, like so many guys do. Uh, but I... I really want them to make that pick at number one, and we just don't know. We know that they've narrowed it down to a group of about five or six players. They deliberately named a couple college players in there. They named Jacob Berry, the third baseman from LSU. They named uh, Brooks Lee in that group as well, as well as Tamar Johnson and the big three. But I really want them to go Drew Jones at one simply because he's the best player available. You have the number one pick. Go out, go for the home run. Um, I think it'll pay off in the end if you just go ahead and do it finally. Yeah, and I mean, everyone knows the Orioles are great contenders this year. You know, the Raiders just got swept by them. So, like, I've got to pretend that they're contenders for now. They have a better record than the Rangers. Them going on this, like, eight-game winning streak, sweeping the Angels right after, made me feel a little bit— I was I was very, very angry and livid with the Rangers for losing three straight one-run games against Baltimore. If it, if it makes you feel good, now that Baltimore has, has won that series, every team in the AL East is over five hundred. It is the best division in baseball. And so, I mean, yes, the Orioles lost 110 games last year, but uh, they, have, uh, they have gotten better contributions than they expected from a lot of guys. And the entire division, top to bottom, is very good. So don't feel bad if you lose to the Orioles. I think they're a year ahead of, the, uh, of their, their timeline for contention. And I actually kind of look for them to... Maybe sell a piece or two at the deadline, but also probably go out and look at trying to get a guy or two that has multi-years of control while they finish putting the polish on some of these prospects like Gunnar Henderson and um, Grayson Rodriguez. So, Yeah, I, I'm happy for, for Connor Newcomb, host of Lockdown Orioles, but I could not bring myself to have a crossover with him because I would just end up yelling at him. It's not his <laughs> fault. It's not his fault, but I was just very, 
very upset and I needed to just rant to myself. But coming up, we're going to get into a little bit more of these big three, who the Rangers were likely to end up with, and a little bit more on the Rangers system in general. But first, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're just celebrating a milestone moment, you can find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping with BlueNile.com. I don't know about you, Lindsay, but I don't know that much about jewelry. So, I mean... What, do you know that much when you're trying to find something for your special lady or special person in your life? Do you know what you're looking for? Because I usually don't. I can tell you what my my spouse does and doesn't like. And the great thing about Blue Nile is you can just tell them those things. They have advisors who can give you help, uh, phone or chat, and help you figure out the perfect jewelry for whatever occasion you're buying jewelry for. Yeah, they are fantastic. They've got those those associates on hand 24 7 you can talk to them on the phone or if you don't like talking on the phone you can just talk to them via chat you know they've got simple online tools that you choose the diamond shape size and clarity as well as setting style blue niles bench jewelers within handcrafter perfect engagement ring and each ring is one of a kind make your moment sparkle with jewelry from bluenile.com and locked on listeners get fifty dollars off purchases of five hundred dollars and more this podcast exclusive includes engagement use code locked on that's code locked on Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. So we've talked about the guy, the guy at the top of this big three. Now, there are two more that it seems like are going to be available for the Rangers. There's outfielder Elijah Green of IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, and the shortstop Jackson Holiday from Stillwater, Oklahoma. So technically still Rangers country. Let's get into Jackson Holiday first. He really exploded up the boards. Elijah Green was a name I was hearing a whole lot. Was kind of supposed to be the number one guy at like the beginning of like last year. But it seems like Jackson Holiday had about as good a senior season as you could possibly have. Yeah, so he had an issue where his junior year, he kind of struggled in some of the showcases, wasn't really consistent. And so folks were like, okay, he's going to strike. He's going to swing and miss too much. He's He's not necessarily as polished on the swing as we need him to be and then uh during the offseason and coming into this year just absolutely looked like a different player both physically and with his swing added tons of strength a couple inches of height as well never hurts and so really kind of now looks like a plus hitter with a lot of uh, opposite field and gap power and so um still has some some projectable room he's only 6'1 180 looks like he can still add a little bit there and I think part of it's helped by there's not a ton of true shortstops in this class, either coming either prep or college. There's not as many as we usually get, and I think part of that is the influence of losing that 2020 and some guys losing some time there. Uh, but he's at, he's he's got um, a good hit tool. He's got the ability to add in quite a bit of power, and then he's just got a cannon. I mean, his arm is fantastic. Uh, so add the arm strength, the speed being a true shortstop. It looks like he should be able to stick there as well. Uh, I think that's why you see him at number two. And then obviously the bloodlines, having a having a dad who was a coach or a, a player and is, is now a coach helps you as far as understanding a lot of those intangibles, the, you know, having the instincts and, you know, the, the, the field and the understanding of the game to do some of the, some of the intangibles. So definitely see him probably like the favorite to go number two, even though Arizona's got plenty of shortstops already because, you can always take another Including shortstop. Dallas's own Jordan Lawler, who is crushing it. Of course, of course, it's fine. Could have, could have been a ranger. Just could have been a ranger. Maybe could have been, been a ranger. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm love you, Jack Leiter. If you listen to this, which you definitely do every single day. Yes, 
but like more likely if Al is listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> but but like be you know just having a left handed swing and being as good as he is, I like Jackson Holiday. Um, I think he would be a great fit for the Rangers if he was there. I just think he's going to go two to Arizona, uh, which is going to leave you with an interesting decision between Elijah Green and Tamar Johnson. Now, Tamar Johnson, you talked about him. He, in this article, I'm saying he's listed as a shortstop. I think he plays shortstop. You said he is probably a second baseman, but you said the most advanced hit tool in a decade. My ears start to perk up. Yeah, so he's 5'8", 194. He's a little big for the, the height, but it's something where watching him, I mean, I've watched him now in showcases going against mid-90s velocity. I've watched him going against uh, like high spin breaking balls. I've watched him go against significant velocity changes, you know, fastball to a change up and there's 12 mile hour difference. And he's been fantastic as far as understanding and being able to slow down or speed up to catch up to everything. Uh, being able to control the barrel all the way through the zone and it, you know, and, and then knowing when to take, you know, just slap a ball the other way versus when to actually sell out and show off some power and put the ball over the fence. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's defensively, he's a little bit limited just because of his speed. I, I think he just doesn't necessarily have the speed and the arm strength to stay it short, but I do think he's one of the best hitters that I have seen, uh, and probably, like I said, probably the last decade or so coming out of high school. Um, very, very advanced, really kind of, I think that he's going, the bat's going to have to work out because he doesn't really have the defense and all of that kind of stuff. But he's just so advanced for being a young player. You have to assume that even a little bit of improvement like a prep player would have is going to take him into a 70 grade hit tool when he finally gets to the bigs. Oh boy! Oh, that that is something you absolutely love to hear. He is a little undersized, but how is that power? How is the how is his kind of walk rate? I mean, we know hit tool. I feel like it usually just applies to like batting average, but like how is the overall the rest of his offensive game besides just the um, elite bat to ball skills you're talking about? Yeah, so he has more power than you'd expect because he's only five eight. Um, really good bat speed, and so I think you know, I've seen him mostly on metal, but a little bit on wood. Uh, he's been able to to put the ball. I feel like he's pulling the ball a little more than he would need to, but I've seen more power than I expected out of anybody who's 5'8". And if I had to kind of guess and project out what I think he would end up being, I mean, the thought process off the top of my head is like a 300 hitter with 20 to 25 home runs. It feels like it's legitimate 60-grade uh, power. The, I don't do a ton of comps on this show because it kind of sets bad expectations for some of these guys. It's not really fair. But I see a lot of like Aussie Albies when I watch Tamar Johnson as far as the smaller stature guy with surprising power that can get the bat through the zone incredibly quickly. Jose Altuve-ish? Yeah, Jose Altuve-ish and just put the ball out. I don't think he's as fast as Altuve. Uh, it's his, 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 his worst graded tool is probably his run tool, but he's hopefully not going to be banging on trash cans like Jose Altuve. So I like that you went with the Ozzy Albies comp. I yeah, that. that's, I had to change the comp after that whole <laughs> thing broke just to, just to not do the player a disservice. But yeah, no, I just like, I mean, it's, it's, I can't think of the last time I saw a high school hitter this advanced. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tamar Johnson in case you couldn't tell. I wouldn't be shocked if he went sooner than four or five, I mean, I could see him being the Diamondbacks pick. I could see him being the Rangers pick. And I think either way, as soon as he's picked, he's going to be one of the better contact hitters in the organization on day one. 
Yeah, that is definitely encouraging stuff. But Elijah Green was the guy who was top of the boards last year. What mm-hmm. what was it that made him fall this year? And what are some of those things that made him top of the board last year? What are the kind of highs and lows, if you will, of this guy? So the big thing with Elijah Green, 6'3", 214, I think if his, like if in a different world, in the like in a different um, metaverse, he's probably playing football right now. He's probably a tight end. Um, but yeah, 6'3", 214, incredible strength, incredible power, something where, I mean, I've seen, I've seen 60 grades. I've seen 65 grades. I've seen 70 grades on the power. Just absolutely, just tons of raw power. And to combine that with in, like in, incredible speed, I've seen a, like a 6'5 in the 60 time. You just, you very rarely see a guy at 6'3 with a 70 grade on power and a 70 grade on his run tool. Uh, I think part of the reason he fell a little bit is because there's some concern he's going to have to move from center field to a corner. And so it's hard to think about, yeah, I'm going to draft a a right fielder at five overall or at three overall or at two overall. Uh, So like a little bit of concern about as he slows down a little bit, as everybody does, and then just where his arm strength profiles and where his defensive game profiles, he's not the best center fielder. He's there because he's fast, but his, his reads, his routes, his reactions could use a little bit of work. And I think we saw that some in the showcases this year. So I think that's I mean, probably so why can, he dropped a little bit. So can, so can all high schoolers. I mean, it, yeah. it's amazing how fast and how much better like big league and even minor league coaching can make these guys. Like mm-hmm. Delano Shields is, is the like, pinnacle of that because he was a second baseman coming up and like he was as fast as anybody but like he was so bad defensively that when he first came up with the rangers he was playing left field because he just like couldn't handle it but then by the time they traded him he was elite defensively fun fact he was the highest ever drafted second baseman 10th overall in 20 i'm sorry eighth overall in 2010 highest ever drafted second baseman tamar johnson could beat that this year sorry go ahead but yeah, could. like like Elijah Green's that guy. The contact tool lacks a little bit. Defense lacks a little bit. But he's the best just like pure athlete in the draft. Best combination of power and speed and upside. And, and so that's why he's a top five guy is questions about contact, but everything else is amazing. Gosh, you know? this, is, this is like, I don't know how much you were paying attention to Rangers drafts for like before they started like figuring their crap out and not wasting first round picks, which is like the last like, I don't know, six, seven years. I want to give them credit for doing that. But like, this is like the guy, some like, you know, Southeast high school athlete that's got a ton of raw tools, very fast, very strong. Can we teach him to play baseball? seems like this guy's got at least baseline for baseball skills. It's kind of like Lewis Brinson who uh, apparently is in the Astros minor league system. I just found out the other day. It kind of sent me into a bit of a tizzy. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not done playing baseball yet. But yeah, yeah, he, he very much fits that old model. And like where recently we've seen the Rangers go in for like that safe college kind of guy early and then go into the riskier prep players later. And you just really can't do that strategy here. No. Uh, because, I mean, you have college players you can go for. You can go for a Brooks Lee from Cal Poly. You can go with a um, uh, with a Kevin Parada, the catcher from Georgia Tech. Like you could do that if you wanted to, but I don't think this is the draft to do it. I think you've got a good enough farm system. You can stomach if the pick is, doesn't work out high. You've got the talent to overcome that, but you've got the money where go for the best talent when you're picking top three. Because ideally, you won't be picking here again for a while. 
yeah, theoretically, this is going to be the last really high pick for the Rangers. And uh, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about the depth of that farm system that you touched on and how much this team has improved their farm system and overall. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. Do they have much on the draft in terms of betting lines for guys going over high overall? Yeah, it's a little Unfortunately more... not. I've been following a lot of the Rookie of the Year stuff. They, they're big into that, but there's not a lot of stuff on the draft, I think. Is, is Brock Burke on there for Rookie of the Year odds? Because they need to put them on there. Because the guy oh. is deserving. The last update was July 1st, and I did not see him on there. I'm excited to talk about him on my August, uh, my August Rookie of the Year update. Yes, yes. He is definitely a guy who needs to go get some love. Go bet on some Rangers doing things, hopefully not getting swept by the Orioles. I don't know if they play the Orioles again, but you know, you bet on Rangers games, Orioles games, whatever prospect games you want, or that Rookie of the Year race. Go to Bet Online, head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, we talked a little bit more about the depth of the system for the rest of this week on Thursday and Friday. I am re-ranking my top 30 prospects. Yes, I know it's literally the week before the draft, but I'm going out of town, and I needed something that could be evergreen, and I don't think anybody in the fourth or fifth round, uh, maybe I'm sure the guy who's going top three um, or third is going to fit somewhere in my top 30. I don't know which one of these guys they're going to get or where they're going. But we talked about the improved depth of the system, and... I don't know about you, but, and I don't know that much in depth other people's systems. So it feels kind of me going out on a limb to say, but this feels like a top 10 system in baseball. Just going back through my top 30 kind of felt like it was on the verge of that, you know, doing it preseason. There was a lot deeper. Last year, I did just a top 20 because I'm like, I mean, I could do 21 through 30, but like, I don't know that any of these guys are big leaguers or. If they are, they like might make a trip up for a little bit, but like especially once they add whoever they're getting in that top three, I th- I feel like this is going to be pretty pretty staunchly a top ten system in baseball. Is that is that what you're thinking? I have them at top ten now, so I have them around eight or nine or so, and and it's something where especially when you look kind of high in this system, there's a lot like there's a ton of everyday you know, middle infielders or just infielders in general that you can move guys around. I expected Josh Smith to play some outfield this year, but I also expected Josh Young to be available. Well, and he, so did, it's, he did play some out. He did play some center field and he has played left field at the big league level. I think like two games left field. Yeah. Like, so plenty of things there. What I'm looking for is some more outfielders in the system. Uh, that's kind of what I feel like the need is. I think that Elijah Green, probably if he falls there, would work out. But no, like just the system, the guys in here, I, I really like this system. Again, a lot of position players, but I think some of the pitchers that are up here, we'll get to Jack Leiter in a minute, but I mean, Cole Wynn, Owen White, there, there's, Owen pl- White. There's, there's pitchers in the top 10. Um, there's talent. Luis Angel Acuna, I think is underrated a bit. He, you know, being in the middle infield and getting, you'd think with that last name, he wouldn't be underrated, but he still is. I feel like by a lot of people, I've seen baseball America have him 10, 11 or so, you know, I, yeah, I have him, uh, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but I, I have him higher up in my system, um, than, than some other people do, but like he did, I think he, he outclassed his brother in terms of signing. I don't know his brother got, I think his brother got like a really small signing bonus, like, and he got like, I think 700 K, but I, I'm not exactly sure. The name helped. 
Yeah. yeah. Ronald's wasn't help. huge. The name no. definitely helped. And he, his brother owes him like a, a gift basket or a, uh, <laughs> edible creations or something. But like, there's some back end guys who aren't in the top 20 or so that have pitched really well recently that I'm kind of excited about. Like, if you don't mind me kind of going off script a little oh, bit, go there's for some, it. Go for it. some deeper guys. So, Winston Santos, right hand pitcher in the system, he was a. He's in low A right now. He, you guys signed him for like $10,000 three years ago. He was throwing in like the mid to upper 80s on his fastball, things like that. Well, now he's had a little chance to grow up some. Um, sit, he's sitting 95 with a cutter right now. Not bad. Uh, has a pretty good changeup. Working on the third pitch, working on the breaking pitch. But he's, he's pitched 14 games in low A. Uh, 66 innings. He's got 64 strikeouts to 18 walks. He just on Sunday, and I happened to watch part of this game, he went six scoreless against Fayetteville. Four hits, two walks, three strikeouts. And it's something where, like, he's got a good changeup. He's got a really, like, great velocity on a cutter. And he throws strikes. Just figure out whatever that third pitch is going to be, and you've got a back-of-the-rotation starter. Winston, Winston Santos is not a guy that, like, if you have five of him in your rotation, you will not win the World Series. But you've got to have one or two of him in your rotation to make the World Series. He's that guy that you need to get through the summer and, you know, and, and get to the playoffs. You need guys like him that can just throw strikes, eat this is, innings. This is the kind of guy that the Rangers, I mean, the Rangers basically don't have a four and five at this point. They're kind of surviving yeah. with Glenn Otto. And, well, Spencer Howard just had his best start with the Rangers. Granted, it was against Oakland, but he did at least go through five innings for the first time at counts. the big leagues. It, it counts for me, okay? It <laughs> counts for me after how rough it's been, especially since Dane Dunning went on the IL this week. The only, like the, it was like, okay, really? We finally got to the point where we're not throwing a bullpen game every fifth day. Like, can we, can we not? Anyway. Sorry to completely interrupt your tangent on, on no. these, these lower guys. But I do want to pick your brain on, on some of the upper guys, specifically yes. uh, specifically the, the two guys in the Joey Gallo trade, which I do want to shoehorn Joey Gallo in because that's what, just what I do. Um, but the two main guys in the Gallo trade, Ezekiel Duran and Josh Smith, guys who I didn't know much about coming in, but have really, really impressed me, especially with what they did at the big league level. I mean, Duran had an OPS over 900. He was just hitting doubles every freaking day and then came up at the big league level and, you know, did not look overmatched and, and performed well in big moments. And Josh Smith is holding his own as the leadoff hitter in this lineup and has a 375 on base and just hasn't looked overmatched. What are your thoughts on those guys long-term? What kind of roles do you see those guys playing? So Josh Smith feels a little out of place to me at third base. I feel like just kind of the profile he has as far as not a ton of power. He's got one home run. It's a little league home run. And it's, that was fun to watch, by the way. It's very fun. Um, yeah, but like 317 slugging, not something you think about from a shortstop. Uh, I'm sorry, from a third baseman, which is where he's playing right now. But um, I like the fact that he's walked as much as he's struck out at the big league level. And on both of those, 12 walks to 12 strikeouts in 21 games. So, And this is all as of um, Tuesday night. So, like, he, he, his, his at-bats look good. He doesn't look overmatched. He looks comfortable out there defensively. I like what I see. Again, power's not amazing. His, his max exit velo is a little bit lower. But he's a guy, like, you absolutely need a couple guys like him. He reminds me, a little bit less power, but he reminds me of a guy like a Charlie Culberson. 
He's useful on your team to have. You can't you can't say less less power than Charlie Culberson this year. He has more home okay, runs okay. than Culberson this year. I'm thinking about the Atlanta Charlie Culberson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you thinking about Charlie Clutch in Atlanta. Yeah, that's the same guy. They look exactly the same. It, it's I'm a tight. Sure, hey, I'm I'm pretty sure that Dansby Swanson's rise this year was directly correlated with just like sucking the power from Charlie Culverson. Whatever was remaining there, he grows stronger. He Highlandered it. He Highlandered it. That's what happens. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it Dansby is. Dansby Swanson Highlandered Charlie Culverson. Um, but like, and I, you're right. I forgot about the power this year. But I'm thinking about past ones. But but no, like that that same profile of a guy that contacts there. On base percentage is pretty good. He can play three, four, five positions on the field. Incredibly useful guy to have. And then from what I've heard about him, great in the um, great in the clubhouse, great in the uh, the dugout. A good guy to have. Like him, Ezekiel Duran. I was a little frustrated at his on base. I think it was like two eighty one, and I just felt like he didn't take any walks. I think he had maybe two in sixteen games. Yeah, um, yeah, no, he he had two in, in sixteen games. Yeah, yeah, he did not uh, at all. Yeah, no, did just was fundamentally opposed to walking, uh, but tons of power potential. I think he kind of profiles more as a third baseman than um, than Smith does, but he can play center field as well. And like, it wasn't honestly. I mean, he's got just as much power as Joey Gallo has. I think he has better contact ability than Joey Gallo whoa, at this point whoa, in time. Whoa. Joey Gallo has with this season in New York. Okay. By the way, um, speaking of Joey, what there has been reports that the Yankees are looking to trade him. Of course, even though with the Rangers absolutely just thieving them. I mean, the Rangers got thieved themselves in giving up Matt Carpenter, who is has like a eighteen hundred OPS or whatever in it's like twelve games, and Jose Trevino steals the last All Star catcher spot from his buddy Jonah Heim. The two guys who were the worst catching tandem in all of baseball last year are the second and third best catchers in the American League this year. Um, what kind of a return would it be for Joey Gallo? I've been spitballing with people; no one really knows what kind of like what kind of return they would get, what they would even ask for at this point. There's like, you know what? Let's just give him away. It's, it's something where they, they pretty much just want to offload him. If they can replace that roster spot with somebody who can actually contribute, I think they'd be happy. So, I mean, it's, it's not going to take much. If it was a pure prospect, it's probably going to be somebody in the twenties. But I think what the Yankees are going to want to do is I think the Yankees are going to want some sort of big league piece back. They'll just about give him away for some other outfielder that at least has some potential to turn it around. Think okay. about the trade last year the Braves made with, they traded Pablo Sandoval for Eddie Rosario. And it was a, Rosario wasn't working out where he was. Pablo Sandoval's magic had worn off in Atlanta. They swapped him and it turns out he just needed a change of scenery. The Yankees kind of think that Joey Gallo just needs to change of scenery. Why not change him right back to Texas oh, where he's God. hit pretty well and he has plenty of power in Globe Life Field? Um, and I think, I honestly think the return would not have to be that bad. What, like a Give, Brad Miller? I like Brad Miller. I do too. I've always liked I Brad do too. Miller. He hasn't performed quite as well. He had a really great, like, first, I don't know, month of the season and then just hasn't quite hit to that level. He hasn't played nearly as consistently either. But, like, he's a guy who's the really lefty like bat. His, yeah, and I mean, he's be hitting in Yankee Stadium. He plays 18 different positions. He doesn't play any of them well, but he still plays them. I mean, it's not like the Yankees have a great 
outfield right now. I mean, they're, for some stupid reason, putting Judge in center field over Joey, which he is not a better defender than Joey. But, like, I'm just scared that he's going to get sent to the Padres, and A.J. Preller will have all of his, you know, 2016 Rangers prospects all up the big league level. I mean, he's got freaking Profar. He's got Mazzara there. He's got Alfaro. Like, he's got more friends there than he has, you know, back with the Rangers. And it will literally, I, I'm saying with all honesty, it will literally kill me to see Joey, all of those guys there. It already does seeing those guys there. Like, I am happy oh. for them. Um but seeing what should have been a thriving Texas Rangers team should have been, you know, Jorge Alfaro behind the catcher, you know, have Joey out there in right field, DH, no more Mazzara, you know, Profar and shortstop and everything is hunky-dory and nothing goes terribly wrong like it has the last seven years in Texas. Like, and then he would stay. Then he would stay there and thrive and then they would get to sign him when the shift is up and everyone who yells about Joey Gal having a low... Uh, batting average will be made to shut the heck up forever. Um, by the way, I went and looked at his numbers, his walk rate and his, uh, I want to say his, his barrel rate from the top 2% of baseball. Okay. Top 2%. So. I don't know what's back. happening. He's bring, the, it, the baseball gods are fickle. It's what, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, I think it's, I'm blaming the shift. I'm blaming the evil and uh, malice in Yankees fans hearts. Um, <laughs> all rubbing off on him and ruining his childhood dream of going back. But, you know, now that he's seeing that, you know, the, the grass isn't so green um, in the Yankee side, he can come back home and like Martin Perez, be the best version of himself and carry the Rangers off into the sunset. But uh, yeah, this is some great talk. I think I'm, I want to give you your, your final pick of who do you think the rain is available for the Rangers um, at that third pick? And who do you think they go with? I think it's going to be Elijah Green. I think he's going to be the third of the three. And he'll give you a, an amazing power-speed combination in the outfield who could hold down your right-field corner. Uh, it's a risk-reward pick, but if it works out, boy, ooh, it's going to work out. Oh, that is so exciting. I, I kind of missed that because when I first started following Prospect, I missed that that the AJ Prellerism, the the drug of like, man, this guy doesn't know how to hit a baseball. If he figures it out, oh boy, he's gonna be special. The and dude that, that gets group, you excited. Like every that farm was, system that needs was that Joey guy. Gallo. That yeah. was Joey. I mean, the Rangers had like seventeen of them. They had Alfaro, which I'm glad that he worked out. They had Lewis Brinson. They had Joey Gallo, and they had Nick Williams, which I still don't know what happened to Nick <laughs> Nick Williams. Um, I'm pretty sure he's hitting like 300 in Mexico right now. But ouch. Um, a, a wild, wild reference um, from 2010's Rangers prospect. Uh, that's what you get with Locked on Rangers, Locked on LV prospects crossover. Lindsay, where can the fine folks listening to Locked on Rangers find you and all your work? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show is on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can get Locked on MLB prospects where you get your podcast and on YouTube where you should subscribe because we're going live on Sunday for the first day of the MLB draft to recap all of the picks, talk about who goes at three to the Rangers, as well as everything else in the first round. Yeah, you're going to want to stay tuned to that because I will be in Atlanta on vacation. So Lindsay will have you covered on all that good stuff. Uh, and yeah, subscribe on YouTube. He just hit a thousand. I am very close. I think like 19 away. Make very it happen close. here, people. Make it happen. My goal was by the all-star break. Well, initially it was opening day. Then it got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. This time, I'm sticking with all-star. We can do it. 
I believe in y'all. Lindsay, thank you for joining me. Good luck on all your draft coverage. Thank you for enlightening you. Rangers fans about this future Hall of Famer they're going to pick in Elijah Green. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. Um.